We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. This is episode 486. It is Saturday, and it is time to talk about the injury update. I am Jason Perrone of Cheesehead TV, and joined with me from Packer Report is Mark Echo. Mark, it's been a while. How are you? I'm good. How's everything? Everything is great. Everything is wonderful. I'm sure you and I are doing even better because we're in warm weather locations, so we get to gloat every other Saturday together. How how warm is it out in Phoenix today? Actually, it's uh, it's it's only gonna you know God, I have to complain a little bit. It's it's only gonna get up into the uh, the sixties today. So Ooh, that, that's that's cool for you. I mean, it's sixty something here today. Yeah, really? well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I woke up, it was uh, forty five degrees here. So that's like that's a that's an ice that, that's the ice bowl in Phoenix. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole city the whole city shuts down. Our listeners in Wisconsin are really really upset by that too yeah we probably just lost half our audience so all right so we're going to talk injury updates this is actually kind of a fun show because one of my biggest pet peeves and obviously something i need to get over because as a fan of football you have to deal with the fact that players are going to get hurt is injuries and how they can change and derail a season here we are the packers coming off the bye and everybody is with a few exceptions everybody is healthy and I don't think it's hyperbole to say, Mark, in the 30-plus years I've followed this team, I don't remember having this good a fortune this late in the season. 
you're right, and that's and I think that's part of why the team is doing as well as they are. They, they, they now, now listen, they've had some Raven Green. You know, people don't understand how he was playing really well, and he and they never they haven't really um, replaced him. I mean, right, he was doing a good job as that you know nickel linebacker. So they did lose him. Uh, they did play now. They did play a good stretch without their best wide receiver for a while. So they 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 overcame that. Um, so they, they, it's not like they've been, you know, injury-free the entire season. But you're right. And, and the bye week came at a perfect time. Um, they got a few – you know, they got they're, – they're, they're in good shape now. They, they did lose and, – and, and this is just a shame. It, it, it means nothing for this week or even this year. But it's just a sad thing that they lost Colt Madsen, Madison for um, probably maybe even most of next year with a torn ACL suffered in practice this, this week. Here's a kid that fought back from so many things and – you know, made the team this year, was on the roster, didn't dress for a game, but you know, I, I thought they, you know, maybe next year he, he could be a, at worst a key backup for him, and now, you know, who knows, next year might be a be another wash for him. Yeah, he's an interesting story, um, and I was going to ask you, as I always do, when bug you about your days covering teams and stuff like that, but this kind of a situation, did you ever see anything as unique as this where a player you know because of some personal reason or family or something like that missed some time and then ended up coming back to play yeah there's i'm I'm glad you brought that up it's one of my favorite stories and it was like my first or second year covering the eagles way back in the 80s 86 i believe it was matt darwin guy's name was he was a this is a he's a hell of a story he was actually drafted by the cowboys in 1985 and never signed Drafted like in the fifth round or something. Never signed. Thought he, for whatever reason, didn't. They didn't offer him enough or whatever. What he thought he should have gone. I don't. I don't know all the details here, but he never signed with the Cowboys. He goes back into the '86 draft. The Eagles take him in the fourth round, and he does sign. So he missed a whole. He didn't play a whole year. He became their starting left tackle, and a pretty good one. Um, you know, he became. You know, the Eagles went to the playoffs three straight years with with him at left tackle. And his contract's going to be up in nineteen nine after yeah ninety played four year eighty six yeah ninety, and you know we're we're writing stories like you know how much are you going to give him this guy's going to be a free agent and blah 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 and and he just walked away never played four years that was it he was like one of the strangest stories a very good left tackle and left tackles as you know are hard to find right he goes gears to to replace him um so yeah he's a guy that sat out a year came in played four years never played again. Didn't care. I think he became like a. He was very religious, so I, I want to say he. Be, be, I I don't know this for a fact, and somebody can probably Google him, uh, but I believe he became somewhat in the in the ministry. I'm not sure what denomination or anything, but he he never. I mean, and I got to know him a little bit. Um, he never seemed to like he was good at football, obviously to make the NFL and start and left tackle. He was good at it. But he didn't really seem to love it. He, he he did it because everybody told him you're you're good at it and you can make money doing it. So he, so he did it. But um, yeah, it was it, that that's as close as I can come to a guy that didn't that's you know didn't play a whole his whole rookie year saying so and then come out and um and then you know like I said played four years. Now Madison, that's just again I don't know what's going to happen with him and now the knee, but because when you tear your knee this late in the year, you're probably not going to he's probably not going to be of any value next year. I right. Right. Yeah. And that, that was going to say that's uh, it's, it's tough for him because I know he struggled 
a lot in uh, in training camp. You know, this was essentially his rookie year, and he hasn't been active. You mentioned it, I think. He hasn't been active in one game yet, so it's not going to impact the team this year. But let me be very clear that that does not mean that I'm brushing this, and I know you're not either, brushing this off and brushing off Cole Madison because I've seen plenty of examples over my years just from my untrained eye of players who – all of a sudden, for reasons we can't figure out, in the second or third year, the light bulb just turns on and they become really good players. One guy that comes to mind is um, Lawrence Guy, who was a seventh-round draft pick for the Packers in, the, in 2011. They let him go, and he's been flourishing in Bill Belichick's defense in New England for years. He's practically a pro bowler, so you just never know. You can't give up on guys. Right, and like you said, sometimes it just takes it. Well, even a, a closer example to home is Kyle Fackel. He looked like a complete washout his first couple of years, right? No one's yep. done. And now, again, he's not a star by any means, but he's a very good outside linebacker. He had 10 sacks last year. He's, he doesn't have the sack numbers this year, but he's had some good games. Um, you know, a lot of, yeah. And again, like I said, I thought, I really thought next year, um, I don't know. We don't want to spend too much time on, on Cole Madison because there's a big game coming up. But um, I thought next year he would be. I think I thought he would dress. I thought he would be like their backup inside backup next year. You know, like the like the guy that dress. He'd be he'd be Lucas Patrick next year. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's it's being reported as a torn ACL, and that's obviously really tough. And the fact that it happened in practice just guts you know it's guts me for him. And so fingers crossed that that he recovers okay and whatever he decides to do you know hopefully if he decides to continue playing football and he can become a a, a productive guy for the Packers and turns into one of those stories that you know 10 years from now we're talking about the amazing recovery of Cole Madison how he was still able to do something so you know unfortunately Madison is lost so they're going to put him on injured reserve at some point they'll have a roster spot open and then we'll have to keep an eye on what the Packers do with that and then on the other side of of the only, things, the only other guy that's, that might not play, I guess, is is Robert Tanyan, right? He's he's listed as questionable. Yeah, Danny Vitale's listed as questionable oh, with a knee, but I'm sure he's going to go. Robert Tanyan questionable with a hip. Now, Mark, I'll ask you. That's actually what I was going to ask you. Is I did not get a gauge for whether or not this is questionable, but it would have been probable, or if it's questionable, oh. as in he's really literally fifty fifty. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure either. That I would guess. I'm guessing he doesn't play again because they're. I don't think they're going to dress four tight ends Sunday, um, and they kind of like what the rookie's doing. Um, so I, I think Tanyan will be inactive. I'll, I mean, he could play. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shock me. But you have to put. Well, the Packers will have to put six guys down this week because Madison will. It depends if they put him on IR or not. But so somebody has to be in in inactive. Um, I'm guessing it could be him just until he is 100%. And, and obviously he's not 100 or he, he wouldn't have been listed even as questionable. So um, I'm guessing he gets another week off. Yeah, and you're, you mentioned Jay Sternberger. And, and and I feel like he's actually impressed me more so with, with just his knowledge of the formations and his blocking has been okay for a rookie. He hasn't been stellar, but he's been okay. And I think he's, he's one of those that's going to start to flourish in practice and then he's going to make his way onto the game tape soon because 12 is going to trust him and he's going to throw the ball to him. And the Packers could not be in a better situation if that is what happens to get that tight end production from him and have him come off of IR and be a producer. 
and have those fresh legs going into the back half of the season. So and hopefully into the postseason. Then hopefully into the postseason. I mean, I'd like to think, you know, it's an interesting situation in the NFC, and we can talk about that after we go through the 49ers' uh, huge list of, of guys that are dinged up. But you would think at eight wins at this point of the season, you're, you're pretty much planning for January football, but that just isn't quite yet the case because the NFC is so tight. And uh, there's, what, four or five teams that have eight wins already? So this is going to come down to the, the end of the season for sure. You're right, and that's why every game, you know, it's crazy. There could be, like last year, the Eagles got in as the, as the sixth seed with not, at, at nine and seven. That's not happening this year. Nine and seven is not getting you close. Ten might, there might be a 10-win team that, that's, that's sitting home this year. Yeah, very true. And then, you know, we, and that's because Dallas is probably going to win the East. And somebody has to represent the <laughs> NFC East in the playoffs, and they're you know they may only have ten wins themselves. Right, but don't I mean that that's up in the air. Eagles Cowboys are Eagles got a really easy schedule. Left. Check their Eagles schedule before you say the Cowboys are going to win. Well, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm, not I, Eagle. I'm just letting you know. No, I'm with you, and I hey, listen, I I am a huge um, when he, as long as he's not coaching against the Packers, I'm a huge Doug Peterson fan, and I'm not I'm not sleeping on Doug Peterson and his staff one ounce and obviously his team already beat the Packers once this season so yeah you can't can't count it out count them out until it's over with but as far as back to uh to uh Jace uh he was we weren't doing the show together during the draft he was my favorite Packer draft pick okay I I, I was so I was very happy when when they when they took him in the third round I thought I thought he was he wasn't as good as, as Hawkinsfield, obviously, but I thought he was right there with Font as the number two tight end in the draft. I really did. Um, I, I think he has a world of, of potential. Um, I think he, it's a shame he, he got a little banged up right right from the go in uh, in preseason. But yeah, I, I think you. I think we'll. I think he'll make a little bit of an impact, like like you said, the end of the season and and going forward. I see him doing really good things for the Packers at, at, at the tight end position. So I'm with you, actually, uh, because I didn't know a lot about Elton Jenkins, and I didn't know anything about Rashawn Gary, and I didn't expect Green Bay to pick him in the first round. So when they drafted Sternberger, just because I'd read so much about him, because he was mocked to Green Bay a lot, I was most excited about that pick as well. And I can tell you right now, unless something crazy happens over this next two months, Sternberger is going to be my my choice. You know, every time I we do any kind of a you know who's going to break out in year two or next right. year, Sternberger is, is probably going to be my guy. Yeah, no, I, I liked them a lot. I liked them um, in that draft. I was I was hoping the Packers would would would, would get them. You, you know, anything could happen. Obviously, um, yeah, I was happy. Jenkins, I knew, but he's a, I mean, listen, Jenkins is unbelievable. What that was that was a tremendous pick. All all kudos to the Packers scouting staff for, for taking him. He's been a He's been great, but he's a guard. I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm, I'm, I, as much as I kind of think I'm a football purist, I, you don't get excited about a guard. You, you just don't. You, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put guards down, but they're guard. I mean, you just, it's, you, they needed one. They got a great one, great pick, but it's nothing that you get that you say, oh wow, they, they, they took a guard, you know. Um, and Gary, I, I didn't hate. I didn't, I didn't hate him as much as most. I did. A little surprised, but not a. But the tight end was the guy that I really liked. Yeah, Sternberger was, uh, I think, was a good pick there. Jenkins, yeah, I mean, geez, he's making he's making uh, Gutekunst and his staff look like geniuses there. I mean, even if it is it is an interior lineman, it's still a and position. They, a, they obviously need that. Was a, yeah. that, that this wasn't a good pick? It filled a major need on on the line for. Him. I mean, yeah, yeah, it did. It did. I mean, and I would I would agree with you. I would say you're going to notice if you whiff or you have a, a bigger need. 
at tackle. Obviously, those are your, you know, you got one guy protecting the blind side and then the other one, you know, taking care of the other edge rusher on the other team. So actually that's a perfect transition. If you look at the 49ers list of injuries, the first one that stands out is left tackle Joe Staley. He hurt his finger, had surgery, won't play this week. This was a weird injury to where his finger was bent and had he not gotten surgery on it, it was going to be permanently bent forward, which is really interesting. What's even more interesting is that he actually has a chance to practice and play next week depending on how this week after the Packers game goes. But he won't be there. So Jimmy Garoppolo loses his blind side. Um, you know, and, and I don't that obviously doesn't bode very well when you've got Zadarius and Preston Smith coming after you. Yeah, that's and and, and they're gonna have to take advantage of that. And they they did that um in Alaska it seems so so long ago that the Packers played, but if you if you remember the, the Panther game Panthers lost an offensive lineman, and bang, they 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 attacked the backup right away, got some pressure, and that kind of you know turned the game around around a little bit for the Packers. So um, again, you know, go after the backup left tackle, get some pressure on on Garoppolo, and um, you know either force some turnovers or some you know errant throws, whatever you want to do. Um, that could that's a big loss. Staley's a good player, veteran, been around a long time. Um, Arguably one of the one of the top left tackles in the in the game today. So that's yeah, that, that's a, that's a loss. That's something that the Niners are going to have to. They'll, they'll probably have to give him help, who, who, you know, on the left side now, and that takes a guy out of out of the out of that takes a, a weapon out of their offense. Yeah, it does. And Joe Staley is one of the few guys still on the Niners roster from their Super Bowl run back in 2012, 2013. So he's been doing it for a long time, and. That's going to be a big loss. So hopefully the Packers have, you know, the extra week to prepare. Uh, hopefully they've got something to bring pressure and get after Jimmy G. Because if you do, he's going to he's going to make mistakes. That's just kind of how he rolls. So that's that's going to be a big thing for, for the Niners to have to try to mitigate somehow. And the other guy that's listed as out is, is on the defensive side. Their pass rusher, uh, newly acquired free agent D. Ford. He's got a quad and a hamstring. He's not going to play, so... That could potentially bode a little bit better for the pass protection, although the 49ers haven't, you know, only lost one game for no reason. So I'm sure they probably have a plan to still create pressure on Aaron Rodgers. But oh, they, D Ford is out. Very good. The, the Niners front is, I mean, it's, it's loaded with number one picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a good front. The Packers offensive line has to bring their A game, obviously. They, they can't play the way they, they, they did the last time they went to California, or it's going to be another terrible day um but losing Ford I mean Ford is a you know he's an edge guy he can get to the quarterback um that's one less that's one less part of the of that arsenal that they have to worry about now so I mean they'll, they'll still have their hands full with Bosa and, and Buckner and um you know all those other guys but you know not having Ford is a he's a good player another very good player that that's that's out for the Niners yeah, I mean, he was one of those help us get over the hump type signings. And so him being out in this big game, this is a game that, you know, when you look at the, we were kind of talking about the rest of the way. If you look at the rest, rest of the schedules here, I mean, the 49ers have a really tough yeah, grouping of games coming up here. So, you know, I, you already said it, and I think it's really simple. You you need to win every game. You can't treat any game like, well, they can afford to lose this one. I don't think the Packers are taking that approach. But San Francisco, I think, it would is going to you know there's going to be bigger detriment to their losing this game than it would be if Green Bay loses. So if if there was any chance for these guys to go, they would be out there. So obviously, 
significant injury, and D. Ford won't be out there. And then listed as doubtful is running back Matt Breida with the ankle. And the San Francisco 49ers, if there's one thing they like to do on offense, it's run the ball. And they don't, I mean, they've got three backs, I think, that that they kind of rotate now. So Tevin Coleman's going to kind of become the, the uh, you know, the first guy in the rotation. But Breida being out is is obviously going to affect the game plan because every every guy brings something different to the offense. If I'm not mistaken, he he did he had a nice game against the Packers last year that Monday night game that they they won 33-30, right? Yeah, Didn't he he, he did. Game? You know that was I was at that game and uh, it, he did run well and um, you know it was uh, it was the long bomb show. I mean the, the the Niners were just throwing bombs all night long. Packers secondary was. You know, Kevin King got his first interception in that game, but they were testing the Packers secondary. Marquise Goodwin had a couple of really, really long catches against uh, against them, and yeah, Breida ran well, but and somehow they they held George Kittle to like four catches and maybe sixty yards. It was it was not a typical George Kittle game. I don't know what the deal was there. And that's the guy that scares me now. He, he's questionable, right? He's questionable with a knee and an ankle, and again, I don't he's know if it. You know, well, I think so. I mean, I don't know if it's gamesmanship from Kyle Shanahan or Kittle himself, who said, "Listen, I want to be out there." I mean, if he can play, he's gonna he's gonna go. You know, they. But will he be, but will he be the same guy? I mean, he's and listen, give him credit. He knows this is a big game. And he wants to play. But will he be himself? That's always a question too. When it, when a guy plays at less than one hundred percent, you know, he. I'm not, you know, give him all the credit in the world for for, for playing with an injury, but. He still has an injury. I don't know if he's going to have that explosiveness that he usually has. If he's going to be, you know, is it, is it, you know, it's his first game back. Again, he's the guy that scares me. He, he, the way because the way the Packers have treated t- tight ends recently, uh, <laughs> it could be a problem. It's been a struggle. Well, the thing about Kittle is that he's such a big when he's healthy. He's such a big part of the offense, and there's such a a big part of the game plan that centers around him and specific plays. That if he's not 100% of himself, can they still run those? I think, right. you know, there's a chance that they'd have to alter some things. So then it's a question of, do you want, you know, how do you adjust? And I'm sure they'd have a, have a solution to it. But how do you adjust to having a 70%, 60% Kittle versus 100% when he's such a big piece of it? Because if if he can't explode, if he doesn't have that cut, if he doesn't have that burst, and Green Bay has an easier time covering him, you can't feature him and you can't lock on him like I would think Garoppolo might tend to do so that's going to be an interesting one to watch I think that's going to come down to to game time and there's a couple other guys that are actually listed as uh as questionable so Debo Samuel well, I was going to say the Debo Samuel the 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 rookie wide receiver he's got a shoulder he'll play he's fine he'll play this week he's had a good couple games these last couple weeks you talked about like you know he's another guy that I like coming out of the draft I, I got to see him a lot last year playing at USC and um, he was one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft last year, actually. Yeah, I liked him too. And there was a chance that, you know, they, they talked about the Packers maybe taking a receiver and with their second pick in the first round, and, and Samuel could have been that guy. You know, they obviously went a different direction, but he's... They weren't taking... He's had, I mean, he's had a good, he's had a good season so far. He, you know, he seems to be turning out to be a, a pretty decent pick for them. So, Debo Samuel with a shoulder looks like he'll play. Uh, here's a guy the Packers have already seen this year in a different uniform. Emmanuel Sanders has a rib injury. I, I don't know whether he's going to play or not. I think he, it sounds like he says he's getting better. Uh, they saw him when he was with the Broncos earlier this season. 
And, uh, you know, Sanders is one of those savvy veteran receiver types that the Packers have historically struggled against because, you know, they're savvy veteran receivers. There's a reason he's been in the league for a long time. He knows where to be in the zone. In fact, I remember that first game against the Cardinals in Arizona a couple weeks ago. It was the first game that Sanders played for the Niners. And it was, a you know, he goes out for a route and Garoppolo's facing pressure and, and throws to a spot. And Samuel, you know, Sanders just, he knew exactly where to go and where to be to catch the ball in a tight window. And I was like, that was a smart move by the Niners. They got the guy that they needed right there. They need that savvy guy to take some pressure off of Kittle and Samuel and open something up. One of those guys is going to be open. So the interesting thing about Sanders, too, is when he was with the Broncos, uh, their bye week came later in the season. And by the time he came to the Niners, they had already had their bye week. So he's set to play in 17 games this season. He didn't get a bye. He did not get a bye. So, so you know what? I think he should take one this week. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that would be a nice thing to do. Give him, give him his bye week this week. Get him ready for the last you know month of the season for the Niners and give him off this week. There you go. Not a bad idea. Well, one guy who's also looking looking like he's not going to play. This is an interesting one. As rarely we get to talk about an injury at this position is kicker Robbie Gould. His quad thank, is. Thank God, I don't want him to. How many times has he beat the Packers? Yeah. How many, has he ever missed a kick against the Packers? I I I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, you know, back back, you know, back when he. Well, I can. I'll tell you this right now. I'm really glad the Bears let him go because if they still had him, they might have won a couple of games that they've lost. Oh, they would have won a playoff game last year. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you wouldn't hit the post in the bar. You, I, I guarantee you that. Yeah, well. Now, of, of, of all the dumb things the Bears have done, and thank God they, they, they're they the Bears and they do dumb things, letting him go is ranks right up there. Yeah, well, fortunately for us and unfortunately for the Bears, Eddie Pinheiro is not going to get a chance to redeem himself in the playoffs because the Bears are not going to the playoffs this year. You don't think? Yeah. Uh, I, heard, I heard they're going to run the table. Oh yeah, I heard that. I heard that same thing, and uh, I'm shaking in my boots. Can you hear me? Can you, I don't know if you can hear my boots clanking together. They could lose to the Giants this week. That's how bad they are. Yeah, they could. They, the Giants, abs- they, they, you know, they absolutely could. So, I mean, listen, I, I think you and I both are on the same page that it gets hyperbole when people say the Packers have more injuries than anybody else. They don't. But if you look around the league and or even the division right now. You know, the, the Vikings just had to play a game without Adam Thielen. The the Lions don't haven't had Matt Stafford. You know, the, the Bears have had a ton of injuries this season, and here the Packers are sitting pretty decent at the moment well, this late. Time. I mean, the Packers through the years have been have been decimated by injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So this is and that's hey, you know what? That's all it's it's a war of attrition. I hate to use those those cliches, but the healthier teams generally are the teams that that are around at the end of the year. Now there's exceptions. To, you know, the one year to, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with, without their quarterback. That wasn't easy. Um, although Nick Foles came in and did a, a you know, was a miracle. But uh, you know, that, that's the key. The key to football, and it's a it's a violent sport, and there's always going to be injuries. Is having either. A having good backups that can can replace the injured guys, or B staying healthy. You know, getting and a lot of you know, and, the, and and there's two kinds of injuries. There's the there's the kind that are just unavoidable. A guy breaks his arm or breaks a leg or whatever. You know, that's that's bad. You know, but these like the, like the little nagging ones, the hamstrings, the groins, the things like like that, the, the soft tissue injuries. A lot of that is not being in the best shape. And we talked about this earlier in the season, like with the pre, you know, when when guys don't 
play in preseason sometimes, like like nobody does now. You get those early season injuries because of not maybe not being in top physical condition when you should be. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about that. I mean, whatever. They're, and the Packers made a change. Now, I don't know how much it has impacted it, but uh, Gizzi is now the, the head of the strength and conditioning, and Levat took a step back, and he's the number two now. They kind of swapped roles. And so you've got the same two guys that were running the show last year, but they're in different spots. I don't know how much that uh, has played a role in it, but I'm not complaining. Now, the one thing I can say, too, is that I knock on wood because I just – you know, I'm annoyingly paranoid and superstitious and all that other dumb stuff. And I'm just, you know, I sit here and say to myself, man, the Packers have almost had it too good. And so there's going to come a game at some point where, you know. I didn't think they were going to survive those that stretch without Devontae Adams. And they did pretty well. That was, yeah. that was guys stepping up. That was, you know, Lazard making plays and, mm-hmm. and, and the running game taking over and, and just, you know. That was a lot. That was I. They beat some good teams without their 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 number one wide receiver. That was that wasn't easy. Yeah, they did, and I think that's part of that is also Matt Lafleur and his staff planning for it and actually giving the the offense some you know additional tools and ways to try to beat defenses and be productive. And it was also the quarterback buying into the system and taking the short stuff and taking what was what was there for him. And now, you know. I once again, not that I didn't trust Aaron Rodgers, I would never not trust Aaron Rodgers, but in this new system, you kind of had that, is he going to settle in? Is he going to do well? Is he going to struggle? I trust him to play well within it now. And that was one of the, that's one of the reasons why. If you can get by without a player like Devontae Adams, then, you know, I, I think you're doing okay. Now, on the defensive side, this kind of has a, a, a special feel to it because and I look at the Dallas game as a huge example one of the reasons they beat Dallas is because you had exactly to your point Chandon Sullivan had an interception Will Redman nearly had a pick these are bottom of the depth chart guys and if you're going to win a championship the reality is and I'm telling you right now if the Packers are going to win into the playoffs and they're going to do something special this season you are going to have to see production from those guys again you're going to have to see production from you know you you pick the guy that's at the bottom of every depth chart they're all going to have to play a role. Oh, right. Absolutely. And, and they had, like you said, like you said, and that Tyler Lancaster, you know, he's a back. Well, now he's actually playing more and more, but, um, you know, he had a big play. And that was, a, what game was it? The, um, Pan, was it the Panther game? It's been a while now. Yeah, uh, he had, yeah, he was credited. He was credited with the fumble on McCaffrey in the Panthers game. And then he also had, uh, I'm trying to think of if it was the, I don't know if it was the charger game or, um, no the, no, the Kansas City game, right the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs. I think it was the Chiefs, or was it the Chargers? No, nah, well, nothing went right in the Chargers game. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have any turnovers in the Chargers. I think it was against the Chiefs. He had a, uh, he had a, he had a cause fumble and recovery too. The uh, linebacker Goodson, um, he he had the big hit on the goal line. You know, I mean, there. You're right. I mean, the stars are. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to make plays. Aaron Rodgers. You know, Devontae Adam, Aaron Jones. The Smith brothers, you you count on them to do what they do, and you know if they don't do it, then you're in a little, little bit of trouble. But you're right; it's the it's your, you know, well, forty six guys dressed, so it's guys you know forty to forty six that have to come up and make a play. Not as often as Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but they have to do something. They have to be involved and, and make plays and step up, and especially when a guy's injured, they have to. They, it's their 
you know, it's their turn. It's, it's their chance. They're all NFL players. Keep in mind, and, and and this is what a lot of people don't don't get sometimes. They go, oh, that guy's terrible. No, no, he's not. If you're in the NFL, you're <laughs> because everybody in the NFL was a star in college. You know, you don't get to the NFL by being a bad college player, right? right. I mean, so all these guys have had their moments. They've 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 all made great plays somewhere in their careers. You know, is it harder in the NFL? Absolutely, because now you're with the best of the best of the best. But you know, they've all they're all capable of doing something great, or they wouldn't be there. So now it's time for you know for a guy like for the Niners this week. You know, their backups, a lot of their backups are going to have to play. You know, the tight end, the left tackle, like you said, wide receiver. Their guys have to step up, and if they do, then the Niners can 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 beat the Packers. If you know, if they don't. And the Packers take advantage of it, then then the Packers are going to win the game. Yeah, well, this game could go either way. I mean, if San, San Francisco right now is favored by three, which is what you get for being at home anyway, so essentially Vegas is saying it's a wash. Yes. So this this game is. I'm telling you right now, this is you know unless anything can happen and it can go sideways really fast if a couple turnovers happen that are not obviously expected, but. This has got the, all the the writing is on the wall. This game being one that that uh, you're going to want to watch from start to finish because it's it's probably going to come down to the wire. Oh, it's going. It should be a great game. It really, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but what, another, I mean, the, the Packers have some advantages. Like I said, coming off the bye should be an advantage. They're they're they're, they're well rested since the last time the Packers played. The Niners lost an overtime game to Seattle, and then won a a last second win over Arizona. So they've been through the ringer twice since the Packers put their uniforms on. So that, I, I mean, that takes a little toll, I think too. Yeah. And I'm not, those of you follow me, you know, know that I'm not a big supporter of the Arizona Cardinals, despite living in the Phoenix locale. But I, I do think that there was a fourth down play that the Niners were given a first down on after a review of the spot and it to me it did not look like they got it. And yeah. on the next play they score a touchdown to go ahead and then they kick another field goal. So the Cardinals did what they Cardinals do, which is fall apart. But if they had you know, if they had to kick a field goal, it's McLaughlin out there instead of Robbie Gould. And he struggled uh against Seattle. He had that terrible miss at the end of that game. It was one of the reasons why the Seahawks were able to to stay in it and eventually win the game. Who knows what would have happened? The, the Niners could be coming off of two straight losses at home, and yeah. staring at the Packers coming into town fresh off a bye. Now, here's the thing, though: as a as a Packer fan, I kind of wanted the Niners to win that game. I kind of wanted it to go exactly the way it did: struggle, be in a game, make it tough. Arizona gave them all they could handle. I didn't want the Niners coming in off two straight losses. I don't think. You yeah, know, well, just, uh, the, that would have been tough because then you would have had the same situation as. Kansas City, where they they had come off of two yeah. straight home losses, they weren't back to back. I don't think, but they you know they hadn't lost three in a row at home in a long time, and just some of that stuff. You, I think, to your point, you you want them maybe a little bit overconfident coming into to your game. Well, I, I don't think that's really overconfident. I just I believe in the ebbs and flows of a season, and you know, good teams will will win. Like it's more an example is when the when the Packers lost to the Eagles. Uh, I think if the Packers and Eagles played 10 times, the Packers would win at least six, if not seven. I really do. I think they're a better team than the Eagles. Um, but that night, the Eagles were, they had lost, they had lost two in a row. I think they lost to the Lions. Yeah, they lost to the Falcons and Lions back to back, right? They were one and two. They, they weren't, it was, 
it would have been tough for them to go and get into a 1-3 start to the season. The Packers were feeling pretty good. It was just one of those games, and it, and those and they happen. They they happen all all around the league. You you see it. Um, you know the better team, the better team overall doesn't always win the games. The better team that day wins sometimes. You know, and um, you know I I just I'm just glad I'm I'm glad the Niners won. Let's just say that. I mean, in terms of overall record, it would have been nice for the Packers to maybe if if Niners would have lost, the Packers would have been the top seed right now. <laughs> But that'll wash out at the end anyway, so I'm not worried about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's—I don't know if the Niners would have lost. It's hard to—it's hard for a good team to lose three games in a row. Just like it's—it's it's hard for a bad team to win three in a row sometimes, you know? Right. No, I totally agree. And I was just going to say, you know, that this—this this is actually a, a, a matchup that has a lot of history to it. Oh, and yeah. and uh, I know that it was a VIP piece that you just did for Packer Report, so I don't necessarily want you to give the whole thing away. And if you're not subscribed, you should absolutely subscribe. But you wrote a nice piece about the rivalry. I mean, what was your what what were some of your your key points there that you can tell well, us about? Um, in the history of the, the Packers have played the Niners since 1995 since the resurgence in Green Bay we'll, we'll call it the, the Mike Holmgren Ron, Ron Wolf Brett Favre resurgence they've played the Niners seven times in the playoffs that's more than they've played any other team um, in, in, in the postseason they, they've played the, both the Cowboys and Giants eight times in, a, in the playoffs but but that dates I mean obviously Dallas goes back to the Lombardi years and the Giants go back even even prior to that back in the way back so they they played the Niners more than anyone else Recently, in the, in the playoffs, the Packers have a four-three lead, and and the two games that that I highlighted were two games that I think were definition games, as I called them. The one was when the um, the Packers went out to San Francisco and beat them in the divisional round. It was the, it's the only game of the '90s, the only NFC playoff game of the '90s in which the road team won. And, wow! Uh, yeah, and. It was, a, and that kind of. Now they lost the following week in the championship game to the Cowboys, but to me that game kind of set up the Holmgren era. That because if, if you remember the first two years, the Packers under Holmgren, the Packers made the playoffs. They beat the Lions in the wild card, lost the next round to the Cowboys. This that year they got to the championship game, and then that that to me that spurred them on to the two Super Bowl appearances. And then the other game I highlighted was. The end of the Holmgren era, which when they lost to the Niners, um, and that was it turned out to be Holmgren's last game as head coach. Uh, a week later, he was going to Seattle. Oh, you mean you mean the game where Jerry Rice fumbled? Oh, yes, exactly. Okay, <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I point that well pointed out in the in the story. Um, There's an interesting um, podcast out right now on. Uh, it's called. Uh, I think it's called Sports Wars, and it's it details the rivalry between Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. and the journey between being rivals when he when Sanders was in Atlanta and Rice was with the Niners. Then they were teammates for a year. They won the Super Bowl, and then Deion goes to Dallas, and they become rivals again. It's kind of an interesting, um, kind of an interesting podcast there. But, but yeah, that, I mean that, that last game that one you talked about. If let's say they they actually called a fumble on Rice, and the Packers win that game. A lot. The whole NFL made a bit. May again. It all could have turned out the same. I don't know. I don't. You can't revise history, but you wonder what would have happened. Like 
the Packers would have played another week. So, and maybe when, who knows what, what would have happened after that. They win, lose, I don't know. But would Holmgren still have gone to – would Seattle have waited for Holmgren? Would the Eagles have waited for Andy Reid? I mean, you know, Andy Reid went to the, went to Philly right after that game as well. Would they have waited? Because teams don't like – back then, teams didn't like to wait for their head coach. They wanted to hire guys, you know, and you couldn't – you know, there was rules in place then where you couldn't even talk to the guy until his team was out of the playoffs. So – which you know, I which I have to say, Mark, I don't know what your take on this is. I don't like I don't like the fact that coaches that are preparing to their teams to play in the playoffs can go and interview. Now I don't want to take away an opportunity from them, but that just if I'm a if I'm a and I'm a fan and it's obviously very selfish of me, but I don't want my team distracted by a coach exactly. flying out to interview with another team. But the flip side is, a coach shouldn't be penalized. A, a good coach on a good team shouldn't be penalized because his because he's good and his team's good. Right. They ought to make a thing where, and I don't know how you could do this because they would they would tamper and cheat anyway. But don't you can't hire coaches until after the Super Bowl. Yeah. That way everybody starts off on a clean slate. Yeah. No, I mean, because it's just I mean, and I, I'm saying like teams. I've seen it. I've seen. I've I've covered coaching hires where. They just didn't want to wait. They didn't want to. Oh, we were going to wait for so and so, but we wanted to get our coach in place, so we hired this guy. And I and, and I'm and I'm not saying Eagles wouldn't have waited on Andy Reid. They they may they may as well. But but there were other guys that they liked at the time, who were available. You know, they were, they, they could have hired, but you know, Packers lose. Reid becomes available, and they hire. So I mean, who knows if the Packers win that game? Maybe Andy. Maybe, maybe the Packers hire Andy. I don't. Who knows? I mean, it could. I just say that that loss and when it happened and how it happened it kind of changed the nfl landscape a little bit oh i love those i love that you know if i don't know if you ever seen that revisionist history that espn used to do on the you know the the cartoon drawings on the chalkboard yeah, about you know if so-and-so team would have drafted this guy and yeah. then the, you know yeah. i mean that well, the all-timers is michael jordan right if, if, oh if, yeah well, I mean, look at the night. Look at the '89 draft. They draft Tony Mandarich. I mean, if they, you know, but here's the thing, though. That you know, as if as everybody says too, they draft Barry Sanders. I don't know if Lindy Infante gets fired. I don't know if Mike Holmgren ever makes it to Green Bay. Or, or what if Dallas took Mandarich and the Packers took Aikman? They, they would never get far. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, right? You don't know. But you know what? At least, at least, Mark, that would solve everybody's problem of of. Uh, Troy Aikman being uh, uh, too partial against the Packers and being annoying on on Fox TV on Sunday. <laughs> I don't think he is. I mean, no, he's, he's Cowboys. And I'll tell you who's very who's great for the Packers. I love when he does a Packers game. It's Tony Romo. Oh, it's, yeah. it's obvious he grew up a Packers fan. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just been fantastic. I mean, I love the fact that he kind of calls out plays, and you get into the mind of an NFL player because he's he's, he's so he, it's, it's ridiculous how how good he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he really is. He really is. So I don't know. You got to. I don't know if we've done this before, but you got a prediction before we sign off for this for this yeah. one. Or are you going to hold it? You, know, I, hold... you, you want to score? I mean, I, I think the Packers win a very close game, high score, like thirty twenty seven, something like that. Yeah, I had uh, I had this one in the preseason. I, I kind of picked this one as a loss just because it's a road game late, and I didn't know if they were going to pull it out. And and then on Pulse earlier this week with Jake Westendorf. I still said I think the Niners win a close game. I don't know. I I, I literally am I shocked. I mean, I'm, I'm picking a field goal game. So yeah, I don't I don't know. It's uh it's tough. The more the more I see and the more things are shaking out right now, I won't be surprised if the Packers win. I'm feeling pretty good about their chances. So I think the Niners miss a field goal that Robbie Gould would have made. <laughs> yeah, it could be. We'll find out next. We'll find out another you know 
36 hours or so, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So the next time we're together, we will be doing the injury update ahead of the Packers and Washington game at Lambeau Field. There you go. And uh, in the meantime, you can find Mark's great work over at Packer Report. You can find some of my work over at Cheesehead TV. Mark, it's been great. Go Pack Go. And we will talk to everybody again next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.